The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Fifteen Podcast. That's right, we've changed our name because that's what it seems like it was all night long. It's the First and Ten Podcast, hosted right here by Dave Sturchio, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina of BloggingTheBoys.com. Fellas, um, just when you thought, like, you go into, uh, you know, we do all these doom, you know, we don't ever put ourselves in a doom and gloom scenario when we're talking about the preview of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys. And we, you know, I was sitting there puffing my chest thinking we were going to sack Brady six times. We got to him a couple times, which was fun. We'll get into it. But uh, ultimately, the 45-year-old quarterback stuffs it where the sun don't shine and tells everybody to just kind of go scratch. And uh, the Bucks beat us up. And obviously, that wasn't. Uh, the worst of all the news, because just as before we're getting recording, we're getting all sorts of reports that Dak Prescott has broken his thumb or something around his thumb and will require surgery. And will be about a uh, couple weeks, I guess, four, four weeks is the minimum, you would assume. So that's another month of football. Um, so other than that, how's everybody doing tonight? Aiden, Aiden, are you feeling good, bro? I mean, this is it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we have a job to do. We got to cover the team. We got to talk, you know the good, the bad, the, you know, and the uh, indifferent, but Aiden, when the, you know, a Dak Prescott injury aside, we'll get into that in a minute, but like this overall game, you know, I I get, you can't take away too much good, but like, I don't know, what's your knee jerk reaction to this thing? Because it's very hard for me to like put it all into words. My thing was, is we were previewing the season on last week's episode and you two were obviously a little bit more optimistic than I was, but I wanted to be wrong. I really did have that glimmer of hope in the back of my mind that, yeah, maybe this year is different. I mean, a year two, Michael Parsons, a year two defense under Dan Quinn, maybe things improve. My only thing, halfway through the third quarter, I've just never been more, less, like never been less passionate about watching a Cowboys game in my life. Like I genuinely halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, do I just turn this off because I'm having no fun watching this and I know nothing's going to change. So Man, that was just brutal to watch, and I hope that doesn't carry on through the rest of the season, but we'll see. I mean, it's always on the grandest stages. You know, Sunday Night Football, uh, you know, they play this Tom Brady hype video. They played some kind of crap commercial before, like, go get him, Tom, or something like that. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> but it's like it, it's almost as if, like, the, the writing was on the wall like going into this game that the, that the world wanted to show that 
no matter how much time Tom Brady missed in the offseason or during the, uh, you know, the preseason or anything like that, um, you know, it didn't matter. He was going to do his job. Tony, you know, obviously we're all experiencing the same thing right now as far as just kind of lost and and not really knowing where to turn. But I'll throw this to you as far as I want to ask you one question. And it has nothing to do with the Dak injury that happened tonight. But are we kind of done with the let's let all the starters rest the entire preseason so they come out here as flat as humanly possible? You know, I think the situation is bigger than that. I don't know if it's the preseason that was the issue. I just think point blank period, this offense was just missing talent. They just don't have it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, this was CD's first opportunity to be the guy. And it was a less than inspiring situation there. Obviously, um, he didn't really come out and play too well. He had some drops, a couple of mental errors. But outside of CD Lamb, which we know is a guy who can produce when the situation is right. I mean, Noah Brown didn't really get going until, you know, the game was in hand. Semi Fajoko, I don't think, got in the game until Cooper Rush got in the game. So, um, and then you're looking at Dennis Houston. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, here, but the, here, the guys we're talking about here, are the guys that we were hoping for them to come out and play well. So I, I don't know if it's a preseason issue, if it's more such as uh, just this team is on offense specifically is just without talent. And it, that's a Jerry Jones issue. That's a Steven Jones issue. And I, I actually tweeted it out. I'm like, do you think the Jones is a surprise? Because they had to know that this is what this roster looks like. So I'm, you know, it's just a frustrating situation across the board piggybacking off of that and and you kind of hit it right there like guys we all picked the Dallas Cowboys to win the division to go out there and and stomp out some teams right this is everything that we picked we knew this roster going into it why is this all of a sudden like almost breaking news that we don't have the talent on the offense all of a sudden like we can't sit here on a hope and a dream that Michael Gallup and James Washington are going to produce these massive numbers all of a sudden and we're just going to get clicking and rolling and then we're watching a game where it's oh well, Tony Pollard and Zeke are on the field at the same time I can't wait to see the creative juice and what you saw was Kellen Moore every time there was any kind of razzle dazzle it was for a loss and it looked like they've never even ran the play in practice. That's how bad it was. And it's like, what, what, what exactly were we thinking when we call these plays? Like, okay, we just had a good succession of a couple plays. Let's throw this at them. They'll never see it coming. Aiden from a, from a analytical standpoint, you know, they had Zeke and Pollard on the field a lot tonight. Where are we at with Kellen Moore right now? As far as his play calling ability. My thing is, is, so much went wrong tonight on the offensive ball that I just don't know who to point the fingers at first because, like, Dak, obviously, all, all three of us have supported Dak for a while. Dak was, and for my money, the worst player on the field tonight on either team. I thought Dak was just straight up the worst player on the field. But then again, the receivers weren't giving him any help. The offensive line obviously played horrible. I didn't think it was Pollard's best night. Zeke looked okay. I thought Zeke looked pretty good. But then you have Kellen Moore calling these ridiculous trick plays. So I'm like, what? Who's whose fault is it? I, obviously, it's a cumulative effort. But like, is it Kellen Moore just calling these ridiculous plays that caused Dak to lose confidence? And then cause I just I don't know what happened, and I just think so much went wrong that I I don't think we're gonna be able to pinpoint it down. But across the board, everybody on offense is a loser. Okay. Uh, metaphorically speak, like a loser in this game. 
I mean, <laughs> however you want to take that, to be honest with you, I'm not about to sit here. Look, I'm not about to sit here and personally bash anybody's personal standards, but on the field tonight, yes, you're dead right. A bunch of losing efforts here tonight um, as the Dallas Cowboys are defeated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tony, three points, man, three points. Um, where, uh, what's like, you're looking at this game, and I know this is like, you know, we're the kickoff podcast, and we're. I'm not saying that we're supposed to be rah-rah because clearly everybody that's even within this network is not rah-rah, and that's fine. Um, we can point out the the, the crappy play when it's happening. Um, you know, where exactly are you supposed to find this this juice now going forward? And obviously, you know, I, we can't not talk about it as we're going here because, look, Dak Prescott's going to miss some time, and that's, that's our worst nightmare is that Dak Prescott's going to be out. And then you you pause for a second, and then you're like, "But is it? You know what I mean? Like, is this Cooper Rush's time to shine? Is it Will Greer's time to shine? Like, what do the Cowboys make a move? Is Jimmy G available? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things. What's up, Aiden? You got some? Yeah, just two more things. Number one, J. Ron Curse left the building on crutches, so that's a horrible sign and something to look out for. Second thing is Connor McGovern suffered suffered a high ankle sprain and will be out four to six weeks. So more positive news. Yeah. All right. So Connor McGovern's obviously out for a little while. I I, I want to say that who came in for him? Farnock? Farniak? Farniak, yeah. He didn't yeah. listen. He wasn't awful. You're right. No. I guess the, the biggest hole on the offensive line was Terrence Steele doing the whole holding thing for a bunch of times. Like, so Tony, now that you know, man, it's just like it's just bad news after bad news. But I I'll ask you this. I know this is gonna be a broad stroked question. But Dak misses four games, right? Let's just say four. You want to you call it crazy? Call five. Five more games without Dak Prescott, and there's six games in the hole. What do the Cowboys' record has to be to even say that this is a, a, an achievable season? How many wins can Cooper Rush get us? If they can find a way, I honestly, if they can find a way to get to 500, right? I think 500 keeps us in the ballpark. Um I, I looking at these games, right? I know everybody's been talking about how the Cowboys, the only one to lose in the division. I think the only game that really was a surprise was the giants versus the Titans. I think we all expected Washington to go out there and scrap through a win against Jacksonville. But I mean, like realistically, it was one of those things where like, okay, Eagles are going to beat Detroit, but the Eagles to me didn't impress me at all. I mean, they spent all this money in this draft capital and, you know, and they've done all these moves and they got, they, they got a 35 hung on them by Jared Goff and the three and 14 Detroit Lions. So, and I know Detroit Lions are like everybody's pick this year, but I say that to say this division isn't this great thing. And the Cowboys being Owen one is a cute story for this week that I'm sure Skip and all them will run with. But at the same time, this team just needs to find a way to tread water. And I think it's going to be harder than we think it is. Cause I mean, we just saw this team put up three points with three and a half quarters of Dak Prescott. So, I mean, Cooper Rush. I mean, Cooper Rush was kind of slinging a thing, but it's easy to do that when you get nothing, nothing to lose, lose. man. You get, yeah, you get nothing to lose. lose. Um, and kind of just as we're doing this, because I know we're recording it after midnight on the East Coast. Dak Prescott is currently speaking as we're recording this. He's on the podium, and he's saying that it's a clean break, and that on his thumb. So we get told that it's as clean as a break as he can get, and he's going to be out for a few weeks. And you know, he put his support behind Cooper Rush for whatever that's worth. And you know, that's just how Jerry Jones and them are going to do it, because Jerry Jones kind of said the same thing. Um, it's it's just a tough situation, man. If you if you look at the way this game could have went, like uh, we could have probably taken a, an L, 
you know, we could have probably taken you know offense being stagnant, but then you throw the fact that our QB one, the guy who only really gives us a chance to win is going to be out. And now you're sitting here as a Cowboys fan in a real puzzled, perplexed kind of way, sitting here saying another year, like what's going to happen. And then you just have to buckle up for it. And just, to, go ahead. yeah, I was just going to clarify, like from what we're reading right now and from what I'm seeing, the Dak Prescott injury is nearly identical to what Russell Wilson went through last season. And if you remember that progression, he put out a hype video saying I'm a, the greatest human alive because I healed in four weeks and I'm back on the field in four weeks after the doctors told me it was supposed to be six weeks. And then he proceeded to put up garbage numbers for the rest <laughs> of the season. So I would expect four weeks is the minimum if you're a legend like Russell Wilson, but I think we're probably looking at something closer to like six weeks. So if, if the Cowboys can somehow be three and three after six, you know, you sign up for that, but it's like, where do you find the win? Because now, I mean, I'm not trying to look ahead too much, and we'll leave that up to the rest of the podcast on the network. But it's like, all right, you got a pissed off Cincinnati team coming in. You got a you got a Giants team who all of a sudden, if if Saquon is is half as what he was in Week One, any other week, they're gonna put some numbers up, right? And I'm not saying they're any good. Like they, I think the Titans are actually pretty bad, to be honest with you. But Giants won a football game, right? And they're one and oh, and they're strutting their stuff. And now they get Carolina to come into their house uh, next week. So it's like, all right, all of a sudden the Giants could be two and oh. And by the way, Tony, highly, highly contemplating selling my tickets. So the 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 <laughs> the, the union, uh, the meeting between me and you uh, might not happen because I, I don't know if I can suffer through a Cooper Rush led Cowboys live game. I don't know. I mean, it's bad enough I'm watching it on my television at home, <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm not sure if I can do that. But um, all right. It's doom and gloom right now. The Cowboys are 0-1. We can't look to say the Cowboys are 0-1 after one week after losing to the Tampa Bay Bucks, you shouldn't have to be like, oh my God, it's 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 over. The, the sky is falling. Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be good, right? It's not like they're going to stink. It's not like they're a bad football team. They're actually very good. And they, oh, by the way, they have a guy named Tom Brady who's just defining age and the fountain of youth and all that stuff, right? So that's it. We we're 0-1, right? The problems are the doom and gloom or, or the, the reason why the Cowboys fans think the sky is falling is because, A, Dak Prescott is hurt now. B, the offensive line is dog crap. And and now you're wondering, where's the where's the good? Where, where's the good that comes out of this? Aiden, if I mean, is this this is the obvious layup. But the good to come out of this is the fact that they did just let up one touchdown defensively. Right. And they held strong on defense. Rather, pretty much the entire game. I want to say that Mike Evans' touchdown was almost garbage time because that even that 12 3 score was feeling like it was never going to be achieved. You know what I mean? So it's like you hit you, you, you let up this, this touchdown to Mike Evans, and by the way, sick ass catch. So it's I can't even take that away from him. He's one of the best, you know, to, to do it. Um, but like this defense, Michael Parsons, talk to me about your feelings about what these guys showed on the field tonight. Yeah, the defense to me was, I. I think the defense put up a good performance, but at the same time, I it was I was scratching my head a little bit because even the defense, it felt a little Rod Marinelli-esque where it was like bend dope break. Like we're gonna let the we're gonna let Tom Brady march down the field in five seconds, taking three plays, three throws to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a deep shot to Julio Jones. They're gonna be down the field in 10 seconds. But then that's where when the Cowboys stiffened up tonight. So I I mean, I'm happy with how the defense played. Obviously, it didn't matter because once the Bucks hit six points, apparently that's all they needed to win. But I was just, I was a little bit concerned that about how fast Tom Brady was moving down the field on a couple drives. With that said, 
yes, obviously the one positive of this is Dan Quinn and his squad. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, so now I'm not, again, I'm not one to try to be negative. And, and while the Cowboys did stiffen up on defense and played good and Micah Parsons got home a couple times, Tony, are you concerned about the run defense all of a sudden? Because a guy like Lenny Fournette, who usually doesn't show up till about December, and who has talked about being overweight and just out of shape heading into football season this year, this guy breaks off over 100. And even his backup, White, who comes in, he's getting a bunch of yards at the clip. Are we worried about the defensive front? You have to be. I mean, I think that was a problem last year. And um, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, we the some of the positive from this game tonight, you could say on the offensive side, Micah Parsons is that guy. Trayvon Diggs played well. Um, there are some pieces on the defense to feel good about. But, I mean, they had a, a third-string center and a backup rookie left. Yeah plus rushing yards, um, kind of control the clock. I think at one point, I think at halftime or maybe early into the third quarter, the, the, the Buccaneers had like seven or eight minutes more of time of possession than the Cowboys. And, and that's what the Cowboys MO is supposed to be, right? It's like lean on Zeke, control the clock, keep Tom Brady off the field. And Tom Brady just flipped the script Uno card on them. So it, it's just, yeah, it's definitely a concern. I, I do love the fact because Tom Brady, you know, is one of those guys, obviously we know and respect him as the GOAT, but uh, this dude can score at will. So for them to be able to bend and not break, like you said, the Marinelli defense, I was encouraged by that. The fact that we were sitting there saying, like, we're in striking distance and the only reason is because of this defense. But to kind of put a bow on this answer, yeah, the run has to stop because Leonard Fournette is not the best running back they're going to face this year. There's going to be better guys, and it, it could get scary if they don't sew that up. Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon, for one, next week, come on, on in. You know, one of the better running backs in football, let alone, you know, just kind of, I don't know, man. It, it's tough, dude. It's a very, it's a tough scene in Dallas. Obviously, you know, the Dak Prescott slash Mike McCarthy interviews are happening right now as we speak, and I'm sure uh, there will be, a, you know, more coverage of this as we go along. You can follow along on bloggingtheboys.com. Um, Dak Prescott reported that there's a clean break, and he'll be out, you know, anywhere from four to six weeks. Um, Aiden, I got to ask you, man, uh, your confidence level in Cooper rush, like straight up, like we're the, the way the schedule is playing out for Cooper rush to start the next five at the minimum. And I'm talking about not only just the, the, you know, the, the, the Bengals and the giants, but then, you know, you got the Rams and the Eagle, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what, what are we doing here? How do, how do we feel? I'm, I mean, 
I'm a 10 in confidence. If the question is how confident are you that, you know what you're going to get out of Cooper rush. I'm a 10 confidence there. I know that he's probably going to put up about five yards of passing attempt. It's going to look pretty ugly for 70% of throws. It's going to look halfway decent for the other 30%, but it's not going to, he's not going to, he's not like the, and this is what we talked about when we discussed the roster. He's not that Matt Flynn esque where he's going to have a huge game occasionally, but he's also going to have a stinker. It's just always going to be an average mediocre backup quarterback game. And so that's why if we're going to, if we're going to go out there against the Bengals, the Rams, the Eagles, Cooper Rush is not beating any of those teams. I'd like us to sign a quarterback who can, who's going to, at least he, he has variance in his performance. At least he has those boom games. Sure, we're going to have to go through some bus games, but at, there's upside there. And so I'm just, that's what I don't like about Cooper Rush. Tony, any shot that Will Greer is, is entered into the fold at all? Or it's like, I understand that tonight you got the Cowboys backing up Cooper Rush because that was the guy that goes into the game. But if the Dallas Cowboys, want this season to be salvaged, they need something different. They need to be on the phone right now with teams like San Francisco or teams like, God, dude, uh, who put out a tweet? RG3 puts out a tweet and says they got the wrong 10 out there. Like, I would take RG3 in a heartbeat over Cooper Rush. Do you think that Cooper Rush, and I'm not saying is the answer because he's not, do you think that the Dallas Cowboys think he is right now? That's it. You just said it. That's it. They think he's the answer, and I don't think anybody else believes that. Um, I think Will Greer, at this point, if, if you're going to go out there and say Cooper Rush is your best option, why not Will Greer, right? He gives you a little bit more pizzazz. He gives you a little bit more playability. He's a lot more mobile than Cooper Rush is. So if you're going to go out there and, and you think Cooper Rush is your guy, I really sit here to think, like, why not Will Greer? Like, Will Greer, what, is it going to be worse? What, are you going to lose a football game? Like, you might as well let the guy go out there. He can make some plays, maybe be a little more mobile and just kind of take the pressure off because these guys are either, they're going to stuff the box. There might even be more than eight in the box when Will Cooper's there. And, and when it's, you know, third and distance, medium, whatever, they're going to pin their ears back and come after this bang-up mass unit of an offensive line. So, I mean, Will Greer can't be worse. So, I would say, yeah, go out there and pull Will Greer if you can. I just... How much- you go ahead. How much would y'all give up for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? What what draft pick? A third. I, I would I go a third. So. I would go a third, a fifth, and maybe next year's second. I don't know. Just 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 give it. Like if the this is the problem, and I know a lot of the guys that are listening to this are Cowboys fans, and they're sharing the same frustration. You know, the product that's on the field. We hear this all the time. We think it's a funny quote because we've heard it a million times, but the whole we like our guys thing out of the Joneses is just it's tired at this point. And like we're putting our heart and soul into this as a fan base and, and guys that you know cover the media. But like for them not to make a move in the in the event that this would happen, and this goes for everything. You went into the season with CeeDee Lamb, right? As your one, and we all knew it. When you draft a guy as high as they did. He's going to be your number one eventually. And this is it. This is your year to shine, kid, right? But every Batman has a Robin. Like, whether the Robin's good or not, like, that's that remains to be seen. But there's somebody at least who, who demands respect. Noah Brown does not demand respect. Nobody else on his team demands any respect on the defense. So, of course, it's going to be tough sledding for CeeDee Lamb. And the Cowboys knew that. And there's still guys out there without a home that deserve a home 
over a guy like Noah Brown. And I'm not discrediting what Noah Brown has done for us in the years he's been here. I like the guy. He can lay lay the wood when I ask him to block. He can catch a third and six. I get it. He's capable. But there's guys like, you know, Look, I'm not uh, a forecaster by any stretch, but the T.Y. Hiltons are out there. The 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 who did uh, Tony? You banged on the desk for uh, Will, Will Fuller, right, yeah. right? So like guys like that are out there, you know. And then you know you got the clown shows on on Twitter. Like I would call Beckham. I'm like, I guess nobody understands Beckham's out till like November, so that, that doesn't help us at all right now. So if you're sitting there saying we should go get Odell, Odell's not ready, and he's a Ram. He's basically a Ram at this point. There's no other way. If answer about he held the damn trophy up the other night. He's a Ram. So stop talking about that. And then you look at the backup quarterback situation. Like, guys, Cooper Rush was on the practice squad yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, they're calling these guys up like it's AAA in baseball. It's not It's not the same thing. You know, what you do in these, in these practice reps are not the same thing as game speed. We don't have a capable backup to win games. And then you look at the offensive line. We all, oh, you got Jason Peters. Everybody's excited. Well, then, yeah, sure. You can get excited about it, Jason Peters. When he's actually needed, that's when you don't get excited because you're like, oh, crap, we're down to just Jason Peters. So I'm asking you guys as a whole, collectively, I'll start with Aiden. Do you believe in the ability? I'll tell you, you know what? Straight up, I'll throw it out there. Do you think the Joneses give a crap? Honestly, like, do you honestly think they care about adding anybody on this team to get better and weather this storm until Dak gets back? Because if they if they don't make a phone call tomorrow, I find it very, very hard pressed to believe that the Joneses care about winning at this point. And I'm being dead serious. I know that the Joneses care about acting like they care. Jerry is going to be the first one at the podium saying, this is unacceptable. We have to change things. But he's also going to be the one that doesn't change anything whatsoever. So my only – I'm with you. At this point, it, it feels like an act. Like Jerry can't keep saying we're going to do everything we can to win and then proceed to do absolutely nothing to win. I, it's not even like – we were. We pointed out the receivers in the offseason. We pointed out the offensive line. But it's not just that. It's like – where did you improve this offseason? After that loss to the 49ers, when Jerry went on this whole rant about, I'm, I'd throw the checkbook to win. Point me to one position where you feel more confident that you improved. Like, Jerry, how? Did, there's no way you look at this roster and think you did enough to win based off last season, based off this roster. And now we just watched 60 minutes of football where that all came to fruition. And Jerry's probably going to get back on the podium and say, this season's still salvageable. We're going to do everything we can to win, and he's going to continue to do nothing. Let me ask you guys this question, if you don't mind. I was just looking at the schedule, right? In the next five games, let's talk over the next five. I think in the best-case scenario, the absolute best-case scenario of Cooper Rush, they're two and three, right? Two and three. They lose to the Bengals. Pray that we beat the Giants. Pray that we beat Washington. We're not beating the Rams, and we're not beating the Eagles. So I say if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, what would his record have to be over the next five games? Or anybody, right? doesn't have to be Jimmy G. It could be Robert Griffin III, like you said. What would it be worth to bring somebody in the outside for you record-wise? Is it is it three and two? Is it four and one? Like, where like where would you feel comfortable to be like, all right, they made the right move instead of going with Cooper Rush? Here, here's my here's my theory on that, right? Because, look, the record will state, if, if he goes two and three, right, then the Cowboys are looking at a two and four record to start with 10 games, 11 games to go. And that's just, it's going to be tough sledding because you know the Eagles are going to win some football games, right? So it's not about the record that they get. It's about the the want 
to get there. So if the Joneses wake up tomorrow and they say, or as people are listening to this Monday, and maybe there's already been a call made, who knows? I mean, we can cross our fingers, but if the, if, if the Joneses and this organization makes a phone call to try to get this team better and whether the new guy, whether it be Jimmy G or anybody, it could be me, you or Aiden at, at quarterback right now, if we went two and three, right? at least you went out there and gave a crap about the fact that like we're trying to get by and get to back to Dak Prescott. And you know what? I don't even know how good that is. You know what I'm saying? Because right now confidence on Dak Prescott's level is very, very low. And I don't know if you guys saw this and, you know, shout out to Jess. I think she originally tweeted it out and then Barstool actually picked it up, but like, the fans throwing stuff. And I look, I don't know if it was directed at Dak Prescott, but that's not a good scene, right? This is the guy that you all love and care about. And like, you know, you, you, you know, go to bat for him forever, including me. I'm one of those guys that were on the hill for him forever. I don't know anymore. You know, I don't know if Dak Prescott has the ability to win the big game on the big stage. He will light up a team like Washington or when we play Houston, or maybe when we play the Jaguars down the, the down the road, He'll light those guys up like the 4th of July. He'll have a stat line that we're like, whoa, you see Dak today? Oh, my God. But then when it comes to these big games and these big moments and these big spots, he, he, he folds. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have the right supporting cast because he truly doesn't. But he had the, the cast last year, man. You know what I mean? Like he has playmaking ability. My next question, or at least Aiden, you, I guess you can take uh, if you think that there's this what record would it be for me? It's the effort of getting somebody else in here. I don't even give a shit stuff. Yeah. I'm just like centering the hell out of myself here. I don't even, I don't care what their record would be with a, any other quarterback outside, not named Cooper rush or will Greer. I don't care at this point because it's not Dak Prescott. It's not our starter. We don't have our receiving core, all that stuff, all the intangibles. We're losing games because of X, Y, and Z. If they care and they bring somebody in, I'll say, look, we, we thought we could have brought somebody in, and it still didn't work. But at least they gave a crap. Aiden, I guess you could take this too. Yeah, my opinion on it is, and this is going to sound a little bit pessimistic, but this is just the way that I view it in my head. With Cooper Rush, I'm automatically marking the Bengals, the Rams, and the Eagles as a loss. Like I'm, When we do our prediction articles on Sundays, mine's, I can tell you right now, with Cooper Rush, I will be predicting a loss for all three of those games unless Cooper Rush turns into a quarterback that we've never seen him be before. And then with Cooper Rush, I think the Giants and the Commanders game is like a 50-50. Like, I think we're going to be seeing like a one to two point spread for the Cowboys if Cooper Rush is playing in those games. But if we bring in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the Bengals game becomes competitive. I think the Eagles game becomes competitive. And I think that the Giants in the commanders game, we have like a 75% chance to win. So it over the stretch, I know we don't have to win these games. And I said it last week and I wrote an article about it. If we start slow, it's not the end of the world because the back half is really easy, but at least I, you're, you do a lot better job of treading water with a guy like Jimmy G. Okay. So the only, I, I'm not going to debunk your Jimmy G thing. Cause I think that's a great move. And I don't, again, because we all think it's a good move, it won't happen. Right. But what I'm saying is this, <laughs> If Jimmy G, for whatever reason, is traded for tomorrow, I don't think he's ready for the Bengals game. You know what I mean? So I think it's I think this is a Cooper Rush vehicle for now, and then we get him up to speed, and then Jimmy takes us the rest of the way, maybe three, four weeks, whatever. And you know what, guys? I mean, I know this isn't – and we're living in a fantasy land, but if Jimmy G comes in and starts lacing it in there, I would love 
a quarterback controversy. I would love a court, a decision to be made, be like, oh, Jimmy G or Dak. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm here for that. I'm here for effort. I'm here for a, a story. I'm here for, you know, the media to jump all over that. And they're going to salivate at that idea. You know, you pay this guy $40 million, now your backup's $20 million or whatever the heck you pay. They restructured his deal, so maybe it'd actually be favorable for the Cowboys. Tony, um, you know, you, you've said your piece, obviously, with, with the records and stuff. And, and I, I obviously... The rest of the the podcast will take over with, um, you know, a couple more uh, keys to the game or, you know, whatever these guys are going to do. I, I know we're going to be more buttoned up as we go in the season, but like tonight was a was a night that we just kind of went off the rails a little bit and justifiably so. And if, you know, if, if there's an issue with it, they can blame me because I'm the one who didn't. Uh, I told you guys, let's just roll. Um, but in, in this scenario now with the Cowboys being 0-1 without Dak Prescott now for the foreseeable next month of football, uh, where's your confidence level in the season? And I'm not talking about just the next four weeks to get by. Even with Dak Prescott at the helm, you got Gallup coming back. You got Washington coming back. Are those enough? Or are we kind of like, did we fluff this team up a little bit too much in the preseason? We had, a, before the Dak Prescott injury, I think we saw everything we thought this team, the worst case scenarios were coming out right? This offense was inept. This offense could not get a thing going on. And that was with Dak Prescott there. So I I knew at the end of this game, I was going to be hammering the table for them to make a move wide receiver wise. Don't wait for Michael Gallup because by the time Michael Gallup comes back, if it's year, if it's week three or week four, who knows where this team is at? Because we're going to, the Bengals game is a shootout with Dak Prescott. Without Dak Prescott, there's literal, almost virtual no chance that they win that football game. Um, I would be I would be absolutely floored if they were even competitive in that game. Um, but moving forward, this offense was already inept with Dak Prescott. Now without him, like it's I don't know how you could be anything higher than a one. And that's just me because I don't want to give it a zero. Like I, I that's I'm I, I to you I'm probably the second most optimistic person on, on this whole network. But I, I sit here and I say all these things could have been avoided if they just handled the off season better. And now we're, we're dealing with all these worst case scenarios, right? Like Tyron Smith happening. Oh, I guess we never saw that coming, which is crazy. Right. And then, Oh, it's um, you know, if Dak Prescott gets hurt, well, Dak Prescott's not going to get hurt. Well, he's been hurt like the last two or three years, you know, he's missed at least one game plus every single year. So um, it's just, it's, they, this is on Jerry Jones. This is on Steven Jones. This is on roster management. I mean, when you have, Tyron Smith and Dak Prescott, and then we're sitting here having conversations about Jimmy Garoppolo and Robert Griffin III. Like, you know you did something wrong. And we're sitting here totally dejected, uh, ruined a really good day of football for all of us as, as fans, and now we're sitting here just totally perplexed. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, the, the you know, don't talk to me about cap space. Don't talk to me about any of that stuff because it's all there. It's right in front of you. You can make the necessary moves to, 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 to do what you got to do to salvage this season. And again, I know we're in the NFC East and a couple of these teams might have squeaked over a couple wins. I mean, looking ahead, you know, the Eagles got to play a very good, all of a sudden, good Vikings team next week. Right. So that's that's cool. And then the Giants, they get Carolina. Baker didn't look terrible. You know, they almost won that game. Right. So that, that could be something. And then you got the, well, the commanders. I don't know who the heck they play. I don't know if it matters. But what I'm saying is, you know. Unfortunately, now we got to take it week by week and see where we stand after what we get done 
you know, so like Cincinnati's coming in after a, first of all, you know, I'm not one to just break down all the games and I'll do that on my own shows, but like Cincinnati was gift wrapped that game for them to win <laughs> and they couldn't get it done. So interesting to see if they come out all pissed off because what better way to, you know, get a, get a get pissed off Joe Burrow and a pissed off Jamar Chase and Mixon and, and all that company. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Look, nobody gets rid of the ball quicker than Tom Brady. We know this. It's like, so if Joe Burrow holds onto that ball for just a fraction of a second longer than Tom Brady, then he's probably going to get sacked a whole bunch of times. Right. And, and Lyle Collins coming on back, right. Come on back, old friend. We would love to have you, you know? So obviously again, hidden yardage and uh, the debut of writer's block and all these guys are going to be covering this team as we go. So we'll do one final thought. I mean, Aiden, we'll start with you. One final thought about tonight's uh, debacle and just really big, big letdown. Yeah. Outside of just, this was like just a completely miserable. Like I, I've just never been more disinterested in watching the end of the Cowboys game. This one, my knee jerk reaction at the end of this game. And when I was just, Thinking about it was after hearing about the Dak Prescott news, I think there's a chance Mike McCarthy might not ever get to coach Dak Prescott again. That's was my semi bold take for this. I think there's a chance that if we get through two to three more games of what we just watched, maybe the Cowboys are going head coach hunting at halfway through the season. It's funny you should say that. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'll let Tony make his final thought too, but. Do you also think with that bold take, and it's not that bold, you know, I, I think it's actually a very logical take. However, do you think the Dak Prescott injury saves Mike McCarthy? Because how's he supposed to do all this wonderful things with this team without QB1? And I understand before Prescott went down, he was still playing like utter crap. I and mean, we get that part. But we all know what, what Dak has in his arsenal sometimes. And he, sometimes he does show flashes of, of really good. So, is that the excuse that we think Cowboys Nation and Jerry Jones will use to not fire Mike McCarthy? My my argument against that would be we've seen what Jerry's done this offseason. We've seen him stoke the flames about Sean Payton. We've seen him do nothing but set McCarthy up for failure in season. Are we sure Jerry wants to keep McCarthy around? Because I'm not. And a three-game losing streak would – or two, I guess, if, if they lose – what I don't know how it would come, but – they start losing. They're below 500 with this roster. Hey, Mike McCarthy. Hey, Dan Quinn, you want to become the head coach for the rest of the season? We'll see how this goes. Not a bad take at all. Tony, finish this up. Yeah, I kind of want to just touch on what Aiden was saying there. I, the Mike McCarthy thing to me would be classic Jerry Jones because it's deflecting blame, right? This A lot of this is what Jerry and Steven didn't do that kind of put them in this situation. So for them to dump Mike McCarthy, it's like it's almost like the, the Bill Parcells thing. It's like, if you want me to cook, you got to let me shop for the ingredients. Like th this is Jerry and Steven Jones is doing like Mike McCarthy's along for the ride. So for him to get the, you know, the, the, the rip cord to pull him out, eject on the plane is it's kind of messed up but again am i perplexed would i be would i be perplexed if that happened absolutely not this i mean mike mccarthy could be gone and you're right with that take but ultimately this season man it's it's a lot we had a lot of questions coming into it and we get a lot more coming out of it so um i think the you know i wanted to come in here with some positivity if if dak prescott didn't get hurt i think i had some more positive takes to say like i'm like we said michael parsons flying around there that dude is going to be absurd in this league for a long time um 
I think, you know, Anthony Barr was quiet, but they're, but they're going to put some uh, packages together to kind of take, um, you know, take advantage of his skill set. And Demarcus Lawrence is a dog. I mean, the dude's an absolute dog. But um, ultimately, you know, for an optimistic podcast, there isn't too much optimism today. Um, the Cowboys are in for a tough one. And the Cowboys fans, we, we've been through it for 27 years now. Um, this is just another chapter, another page in it. Um, we're just going to have to kind of buckle down and, and the loyalty is going to be tested here. And we're going to see a fan base that is going to say some wild things and be a part of some wild conversations. Um, at the end of the day, um, it's a, it, it, sadly, it's a part of the process, right? We're going to see what this team is about and what it looks like. And maybe this will kind of put some light on some of the cockroaches that's on this, uh, this, uh, this team here. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Very well said. Very well said. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the the cowboy, this whole, you know, the vibe right now is very piss poor, and the morale is down. And you know, I, I, usually I'm the one that says, "Hey, listen, guys, you know, if we could just do this, you know, we'll, we'll be all right." You know, like, but unfortunately, not even me. Like, it's come to terms and come to reality lately um, that the the Jones family, um, you know, the, those those t shirts are going to sell and the seats are going to be full. You know what I mean? So I, I can't even sit there and say, like, you know, somebody I, I think somebody put on Twitter, you know, Jerry Jones, the worst owner in football history. And I said, you meant best because what other owner can sell you all this stuff and, and make them the most profitable franchise in, in any sports history and have a mediocre to, to non-mediocre team year in and year out. And we're still out here doing our thing. So, again. Is it doom and gloom right now? Yeah, sure feels like it. Sure feels like it. And I and I don't know how long we'll actually be without Dak. We'll see uh, what the, the what's if up. you let me interject real quick. Uh, yeah. the, uh pro football doc on Twitter said based on his initial diagnosis, he sees it nothing less than six plus weeks. <laughs> so that's just his take on it. Mm. Well, good thing he's a doctor, right? So it's not like he does anything. Um, all right. So here I was about to try to pitch you on something good. No, I mean, this is just, it's just bad news. And this is a Seattle situation from last year. You saw what happened when Russ went down. The team imploded and the team wound up top 10 draft pick trading Russell Wilson. Like, look, man, there's going to be a lot of things to keep your eye on with this Dallas Cowboys team uh, this year. What you can take from this as far as good is like what you said. Michael Parsons is fun. Demarcus Lawrence is is fun. Um, there are guys out there that do good things. Um, I'm not about to sit here and, and openly bash any of the players specifically, but a lot of the guys that showed praise about some members of this secondary, I kind of say, you know, why? Um, but again, I'm not going to sit here and and bash the entire team the entire the entire length of the podcast. It's already been a, uh, a rough day, tough sledding for Dallas Cowboys Nation. So, look. We'll try to regroup. We'll see what the Cowboys do on the waiver wire, if anything at all. Will they? Probably not. You know, if all all point all all percentages probably lean towards the Cowboys not really doing anything in regards to trying to make this team better, and and they just like the guys we have. So we'll see what happens. So for Dave Sturgeo, Aiden Davis, and Tony Catalina, please be sure to leave a review. Um, let us know how good we are uh by bashing the cowboys so uh, if we're good at that you know at least tell us we're good at that too um but uh of course tune in every day there's new content on the blogging the boys podcast network um every single day so definitely check back subscribe to the channel and we'll see some of you guys uh, i know maybe some of you guys will be at the round tables and stuff on youtube so a lot of stuff to go over as the weeks go so the cowboys drop this one 19 to 3 to the tampa bay buccaneers tom brady 
Um, you know, he does it again. 7-0 against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see you guys next week.